You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. We have all heard the term risk assessment. This Viva podcast will address risk assessment as it relates to the confidential patient information that sits on your computers and servers in your dental practice. We're talking with an expert on this topic, Dr. Lauren Levine, a periodontist and president and CEO of The Digital Dentist. Welcome to Dental Talk, Lauren, and thanks for being on this podcast. Thanks, Phil. Pleasure to be here and looking forward to uh, today's podcast. Yeah, so risk assessment, boy, that's a term that we've all heard many times. Um, It applies to many things. So as it applies to what I mentioned earlier, the the confidential information that dentists have in their practice, why is it important, risk assessment, and uh, what do they do about it? We have had a number of our clients who have gone through HIPAA audits. And what we have found is that the very first thing that they want to look for is the risk assessment and the management plan. And the best analogy I can give you is, let's say a new patient shows up at your practice, you're not going to go ahead and just start treating them. At least I hope not. Um, You have to go through your diagnostic steps, and that usually includes some perioprobing and restorative charting, x-rays as indicated, cancer screening, you know, all the things that we typically do when we're chair-side. When we have completed that diagnostic process, we can then put together a treatment plan and go ahead and start treating the patient. HIPAA is basically exactly the same way that the whole premise is, listen, how can you address the issues that you have, the deficiencies that your practice has when it comes to HIPAA compliance if you haven't actually looked? And and how do you go about doing that? So that's where I think we see a lot of challenges for offices is that they just haven't taken that first step. And, you know, it's the old adage, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't look, you don't know. So it's, it is difficult for offices to get their mind around that uh, because that really kind of sets the tone for everything. The management plan, in my mind, is really the key part of all of this. It's one thing to say, okay, we've identified what the risks are. Another thing altogether to say, okay, now we're going to take care of those risks and mitigate those risks so that we get more in compliance. Mm-hmm. And does HIPAA provide any guidance on how to do a risk assessment? It's, yeah, and it's not very good, unfortunately. So if you actually look up the HIPAA rules and regulations, and if people want to look this up, they can Google it. It's uh, 45 CFR 164.308A1, little, you know, IIA. And all that it says you gotta, is, you gotta, you gotta remember, Lauren, some of these people are taking this podcast at the gym riding a stationary bicycle. So, yeah, well, they don't have to look it up. They can, they can trust me. I'm gonna, I know exactly what, I'm gonna read it for them. I'm gonna read exactly what HIPAA says. Okay. Uh, and what it says is that a risk analysis required, offices must conduct an accurate and thorough assessment of the potential risks and vulnerabilities to the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of electronic protected health information held by the covered entity, that's you, the dentist, or business associate. That's it. That's the only thing that they give on guidance. Now, that being the case, if an auditor comes in and they want to see, have you done a thorough risk assessment, there has to be some standard that they're going to go by. And there is a document out there. It was uh, written up by the National Institutes of Standards and Technology. That's called NIST. 
the document number is 800-30, and it goes through the whole process. If people really want to read through the whole thing, they can. Uh, if you have insomnia, it, it, it's going to be a great cure <laughs> for that because it's about 100 pages. It, it's extremely dry. Uh, now, the argument that we sometimes hear is that, well, this really only applies to federal institutions. It doesn't have any legal standing when it comes to private dental offices, which is true. But as I said, there has to be something. There has to be some standard that the auditors go by. And I know as a fact, that's what they use. Mm -hmm. So you should use as a guideline. And, and basically what it does is to go through the steps. And, you know, they always identify the fact that every institution, every private practice, every hospital, every healthcare provider have different needs and have different ways that their office is set up. So you obviously have to customize it to a certain degree, but the whole premise of that document is you've got to be thorough and comprehensive. One of the things that I find a little annoying, I guess is the right way to say it, as I've seen a lot of companies out there that tell people, hey, if you come online and take our five-minute questionnaire, you know, we, you've now done your risk assessment and we can help guide you. And yeah, that maybe is a good first step. But to me, that's like telling a new patient, go ahead and fill out your medical and dental history forms and we can start treating you. Mm -hmm. It's just not thorough enough. You have to look at everything. You have to look at it from an administrative standpoint. You have to look at it from a physical standpoint, the locks on the doors, uh, are the charts locked up, alarm systems. And of course, from an IT standpoint, security standpoint, you got to look at everything, the firewalls, which we talked about in a previous uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. You need to look at your antivirus software, how your network's configured, password policies, screensavers, encryption. I mean, the, the list goes on and so on. Is there, is there a, a checklist that they, you know, something that's printed up or, or digital PDF file or something that they can actually go through step by step and check it off? Is that? There, there is. Mm -hmm. So, so HIPAA does actually have a, uh, I can't remember what the actual name of the file is, um, but you actually can download a, a risk assessment tool. Maybe that's what it's called, the risk assessment tool. It's okay. It's, it's not a whole lot different than the, um, the online one in that it's just a series of questions. So and that, that, I don't think it's really comprehensive. That doesn't satisfy an audit then to having filled that out. No, it's just a questionnaire. Right. And, so, you know, the so, auditor's going to come in. They're going to look. They're going to say, well, you know, did you check your firewall? I mean, one of the things that we do when we do a risk assessment for every office is we do what's called an external vulnerability scan. Can we hack into your network? Is your firewall working? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you know unless you've actually, you know, some people call it uh, penetration testing, but it's the same concept. Right. You know, they're going to look at the encryption. Uh, you know, you don't know if you everything's encrypted or not. You have to document that stuff. Okay, so, so, so once you yeah. go through the checklist – what, what does one do for our listeners? What, what are the steps they need to take after a risk assessment? Um, honestly, the, the best thing, if, if the risk assessment is done properly, then what it should hold, whoever's doing it for you, and this is what we do for our clients, so I, I use this as, as a standard, they should be generating for you their version of the treatment plan called the HIPAA management plan. That is going to be a step-by-step outline of exactly what you need to do. One of the reasons that we use the software that we use is that it also ranks things in level of severity based on here's what the auditors are currently looking for. Here's the things that are going to be major red flags. Mm -hmm. If you're ever audited, they don't expect 
you're going to get every single thing done on that list on day one. Now, our typical client, if it's just labor that we need to do to get them more compliant, um, you know, maybe somewhere between five to ten hours. It's, it's fairly typical. Uh, and let me go back to that one statement, by the way, to so get them more compliant. Mm-hmm. We've seen companies out there that promise they're going to get people 100% compliant or that they're going to pass any, uh, any type of HIPAA audit. Uh, any company that promises that to you, honestly, I would run as fast as you can away because that's not happening. There are over 600 pages of rules and regulations. You hear about all these major settlements, fines and penalties, and that typically happens to these large healthcare organizations who have multiple dozens of people on their payroll who are HIPAA compliance officers. You know, most dental offices have zero, right? They should have one, and usually it's the office manager or the, or the dentist. But, you know, you have no chance of competing with those people. And if they're not keeping their organization compliant, what chance do you have? Right. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be making the effort to get more compliant, but you're never going to be 100% compliant. So, mm-hmm. you know, to answer your question, you've got to start at least on whatever's on that management plan. Get the things that are the most critical out of the way and just start working towards that compliance. It's an ongoing battle. When we work with an office, we do a quarterly review. After we've done a risk assessment, we keep repeating that every three to four months because we know there's stuff that we're going to miss. There's no, we know there's going to be additional things that happen. You know, Stuff gets downloaded that shouldn't have been downloaded. People delete a file that they shouldn't have deleted. So it's, you know, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. You're right. constantly trying to put out those fires, but you've got to start somewhere. Right. So we, you kind of answered this question, you know, how big a deal is this? And what if a dentist doesn't get around to doing it? You're at risk. As I said, when an auditor comes in, that's normally the first thing they're going to look at. Just like if a patient, God forbid, you have to go to court, um, you know, to, that a patient sues you, the first thing they're going to want to take a look at is your chart. So you have to have that in place. I can give you an example of how big a deal it is with a recent example. There's a company, I think they're based out of Colorado, don't quote me on that, called CardioNet. CardioNet had done a risk assessment. They hadn't really completed their HIPAA management plan. It was more in a draft form. And they ended up settling for $2.5 million. Mm. Wow. So it is, it's a big deal. Uh, we had talked about in a previous podcast about uh, the HIPAA wall of shame, mm-hmm. where you can actually go and see all the organizations that had to declare breaches. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of, of dental organizations, dental offices that are on there. And that's, you know, as we discussed, it's a very small fraction of the people that have probably had breaches. Uh, you know, very few people self-report. Um, but it's a big deal. Uh, normally, you know, we've had clients, a couple that have gone through fines and penalties. And, you know, this is one of the reasons that we provide $500,000 of cyber liability insurance. It's hard to get off with anything less than a couple hundred thousand dollars in, in fines and penalties, even for very early small stage type of, of breaches. And certainly not having the, um, we just know in talking to the auditors that if they come into an office, you haven't done a risk assessment, you don't have a plan in place, it just goes downhill really quickly from there. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to show that you've made a good faith effort to get yourself compliant. Um, the ideal outcome of a HIPAA audit is that they come away and say, listen, we know you made the effort. We can see all this stuff here. We're going to give you a HIPAA remediation plan, which is basically a list of here's a few things that we want you to do. We'll come back at some point. I'm not going to tell you when. 
make sure these are in place and you're, that way you'll avoid any fines or penalties in the future. Yeah, and um, is there some uh, required training, I assume there is, that a dental office has to take like annually on HIPAA training, HIPAA compliance? I know in your next podcast that's coming up, we'll be talking about HIPAA compliance specifically, um, but just to wrap up this podcast, is there any, is it required or I think it is, right, for dental offices? It, to yes, it is required. What they don't specify, again, this is so, so typical of HIPAA is that they don't really get into a lot of specifics, is that they say you should be taking quote unquote regular training. You know, you decide how often is regular. Um, there are, there's no HIPAA certified courses out there. Nobody can, you know, the HIPAA doesn't give a seal of approval. Um, we have found a number of online courses that I think are more than adequate. The, the online courses usually take about 45 minutes to an hour. You can stop and start when you want. You take a quiz at the end, which is virtually impossible to fail. Mm -hmm. You get a certificate that says you've been trained. You put it in your manual. We think that if, you know, if there's been no major changes to what you do in your practice, you know, how you, you operate your practice, I think every two to three years is probably fine. We've never heard an auditor say, sorry, you're out of compliance because you haven't done it in a year and a half. Right. Um, and, and remember so. that that education doesn't obviously make you at all HIPAA compliant. It just give it's part of the requirements of taking updated training it's, on HIPAA. Right. It's one of the many, many things. When we do our, um, our, our HIPAA management plans, Training is honestly towards the lower end of the severity scale. Right. You know, right. not having encryption or not having to back up and things like that are, are obviously a lot more important. But uh, training is on that list. You know, what you your goal when you're trying to survive an audit is to have as many things in place as you can. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the auditor is looking for. If they're determined to nail you, they're going to nail you. Right. So you just got to. Do your best and, and hope for the best. Right. No, that, that makes total sense. Well, thank you for that great information, Dr. Levine, and uh, we hope to see you on soon. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.